Good afternoon. Um, it is the 1st of January 2020. Happy New Year to my two fellow babblers that are with me today. John, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. May the next decade bring you joy, <laughs> sir. Instead of the last 10 painful years as an Arsenal fan. Uh, Brenton, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Philip. Thank you very much. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, also, Happy New Year to the other babblers uh, that couldn't make it today. We were meant to record early on in the week, but we had to sort of stop. Um, we're doing it now, but the, the sort of premise of the show or the... Uh, the story that we're going to follow today is we're going to do our moments of the decade <gasps> oh, moments of 2019 Johnny's very shocked that we're doing moments of the decade but that's not the case we actually have the Brighton and Chelsea game on in the background we thought we'd be very kind to Brighton as he is hosting us um, that we'd let him watch uh, Brighton's victorious win here against Chelsea later on this afternoon so don't expect me to say much <laughs> um, yes moment of the decade worst moment of the decade personally person of the decade and I'm going to look back at sort of the festivity madness that happened with the Premier League and what went on um, and just sort of chat about the big game that happened on Sunday there between Arsenal and Chelsea and we're all also going to have to unfortunately talk a bit about VAR um, Jonathan's a huge fan of VAR um, and David Moyes is back I thought that would be nice to look at um, anyway <laughs> my dad's raging <laughs> the original the big JD is uh, a West Ham fan he's not too happy no no um, where do you want to start boys I don't mind, we can start wherever, it doesn't really bother me. We can get the moments of the decade. Do you want to get, get VAR out of the way? Yeah, let's get VAR out of it, it's a good call, let's get VAR out of it. Kind of shite. Jonathan, uh, you go first there. <laughs> What's your opinions on VAR? Shite, don't right. like it, it's just... But then, I think, um, then the, the people that actually like run VAR or whatever say the Premier League are using it wrong. That come out today or something? I think that's been known for a while now. Yeah, they, well they're using it wrong for offsides anyway. I don't like it. Do you think it's VAR that's wrong, or do you think it's some of the laws that are wrong? I I think it's the referees just aren't good enough. Personally, that's what I think. And are you talking about your game on Sunday? Oh no, not just not just that game on Sunday. I just mean Premier League referees in general aren't good enough. <clears throat> and um, that's a different issue, isn't it? Like it is a different issue, but like they're the ones that are meant to be using this technology, and they have. Was it one time they had somebody actually doing the actual VAR thing, and where is it in London, wherever that is? Yeah. And he was like young and inexperienced and he was making these calls for a so-called experienced referee I don't like it I just think it ruins the whole emotion of the game I just wish it was gone did you know as well that it came out yesterday Dale Johnson did a really good piece in the ESPN the last couple of days about VAR and who's benefited the most about VAR it's actually been Brighton that have benefited the most um, out of all the teams in the Premier League and I think really, thanks for telling me that just I think Sheffield United not Levar Pool not Levar Pool no we're in the <laughs> we're, we've gained two I think Um. Not points or maybe no, you'd, you'd be minus three points, would you not? No, that didn't cons- uh, take into consideration the Wolves oh, right, okay. overturns. So minus one then I think it is. I'm not sure. We're not we're not we're in sort of slap bang in the middle of the table. Um I think Sheffield United and Wolves have been the two teams that have been well, absolutely ripped oh, the the most. So much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I look VAR's here to stay. There's, we're gonna have to get used to it. I, I like the concept of it. I think as well, sorry, uh, um it was Dale Johnson highlighted we see uh, as viewers we see like a pixelated screen yeah. of the VAR results but VAR actually the people that run VAR they actually see a, like a full HD screen so they're seeing a different screen even though, you know even, so it's, it's upsetting fans because you're looking at that and you're thinking that's pixelated how can that be offside how but can they're it? seeing a clear they're image seeing a clear are, yeah. we should see the clear image too though but we uh, th- there's something about our the pictures that the media receive aren't like the, the cameras they use and, and the um, resolution they use for like TV isn't capable of 
One nil Chelsea. Um, isn't capable of showing the high resolution images, so they're seeing it on their like special computers, but it's we're physically not capable, and that has been really loud. <laughs> Just as we're talking about it, it's been really loud. Um, but we, has, we're has not it? sure yet what's going on in the Chelsea Brighton game, but yes, Ben, they're there's they're um the screens are a lot different, not more high tech. It seems yeah. to be, but. Just on, um, I think what's no, wrong with VAR is is more it's the offside rule. For instance, I think it's nonsense now. Yeah. That you can be offside from an armpit. Like the Wolves goal was not offside. On it, it was. This sounds stupid now for me. It was because that's the letter of the law given as offside on on Sunday night there, but it, it shouldn't have been given offside. Yeah, yeah. Like his his toenail was offside. It should have been one all and should have been given. It was really really harsh. <laughs> and I don't know, it's easy saying this, but it was very, very harsh. And what happened to us? Two armpits have ruled us outside Watford and Aston yeah. Villa. There's something about in the um, if you look at our Twitter, I've reposted it. Um, you know the the real sense behind it is that the p- speed the players are moving and the the size of the frames, like this is getting very technical, but the size of the frames that they use for the photography for it, somebody within you know, one frame, them moving, the ball being kicked, or the ball just being kicked, they don't know sometimes which one to use, Um, the player could have moved from onside to offside, so there's like a margin of error in there, that you are never ever physically going to be able to, t- to tell when the exact ball was kicked, and when the player was or was not offside, so therefore, you should just go, let's look at that again, if I can see that he's offside, he's offside. If I can't, like, nonsense with us drawing lines and, and all the rest of it, you know, have a look again. Is he clearly on or offside? No or yes? And then that's it, I think. Like, because you're getting down to, like, the absolute nth degree, like, and football isn't like that, like, do you know what I mean? I, I think VAR shouldn't, um, shouldn't come in for offsides. I actually, I listened to a piece by um, Gunnar Blog during the week, and he was talking about, like, the Liverpool Wolves decision and things like that there and he said he would rather like he understands like there will be errors in football like referees will make mistakes and that's kind of like what you've signed up for like you can accept that a referee mightn't get an offside like Wolves won like in real time like whereas Toneal is offside but he'll he'll take that rather than bar ruling like something like that offside or offside or not giving the goal because, because that's the, football like, yeah through the balance of a season you'll get someone you yeah. want like. so like he makes a very good point there and I agree with him I'm like I would like if it was against Arsenal like you just accept it and you move on because you will get decisions like Brenton says your way eventually sometime like so I would rather no VAR as you know and just play out the emotion like you know it just takes so much away like fans are sitting there celebrating like like there now like that was nothing to do with VAR like but just for example like Brenton was celebrating their thing and Chelsea scored and then there was a second there what happened and then obviously yeah. they were the actually game. checking the goal too as well so yeah. even Frank Lampard had stopped celebrating so it just takes a bit of that out of it and that's what I don't like about it but it is it, unfortunately we're going to have to get used to it but I do think they could tweak it in ways and maybe as I said I don't think it works for offsides what do you think about the, the, the Graham Souness point where if any of the player is onside then he should be on um. Again, yeah, I haven't really thought about that to be honest. It's. I I didn't see any of that because I refused to listen to Graham Souness. I am sort of talked bollocks. I think. Um, if they're going to keep it and they're going to keep doing it for offsides, right? If they are going to maintain that, 
then you're going to have to come to the point of what, what part is it like what, what are we going to say is it going to be his feet is it going to be his head is it going to like they're even not, how can you score a goal with your armpit <laughs> yeah but <laughs> I mean, it's your shoulder I think that the, like it's just in line with the armpit but it's actually the shoulder even then that's still <clears throat> I know I know and then like they were talking so much about the shoulder and then Lalana actually hit off his shoulder and, actually, and that was yeah that, that was, was fair enough it was, it was a, an absolutely fine goal like. um and it, 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 it's, it just seems like it was such a good it's been such a good idea and been brought in but it's, they've just gotten very very wrong and I, I don't know because I don't really get to watch as much of the other leagues as I'd like to so I don't know yeah, we're if they're suffering as much as, as the Premier League I is. don't think they are but I know we're, we're exposed to that like literally every three or four days and we don't especially now with the TV rights we don't really get to see other leagues but um, I, I think I mean like the A-League just Took took the like just showed the Premier League up there was it yesterday or the day before that clip came out yeah they just made absolute dicks out of them like. just explain to the viewers or listeners well if you haven't seen it um there was a clip released from the A League where a potential red card came up and you can hear the VAR person speaking to the referee on the pitch and he's telling them like you're on the screen now this is what we're showing you and everyone in the stadium apparently from what I was told um can hear this as well so the referee initially gave a yellow card. And then when he looked at it again, he was like, no, definitely red, that's fine. I'm happy enough with that. And he sent him off. But, like, everybody knows what's happening there. And you Mike hear Dean him. would be king of that. I mean, like, love Mike, the attention. <laughs> yeah, of course he would. Like, Mike <coughs> really has a lot to answer for. Like, and he's going to lose his job. He doesn't, you know, tweak it or to protect his referees because they're the ones that are suffering for it. Like, yeah. Yeah, because, uh, you know, not once this season have we seen a, a referee look at the screen at no. the side of the pitch. No, it's so weird. Like, Still... I heard second captains were talking about this the other day and then they were joking like saying why would you want to go and stand between Nuno Espirito Santo and Jurgen Klopp um, while you're looking at a screen I, I, I think that was just tongue in cheek I would highly doubt a manager's going to go and stand behind a referee and try and well they're not right to like, no no, reason, no, no reason and if Jurgen Klopp does that he should told to F off and do one like he should be right man you shouldn't he should probably be you have to just, like yeah you, you should leave it alone that has to be the main decision and even if you don't want to go against your team you have to respect that but I think the screen initially at the Emirates was actually across at the other that's side that's one thing it was muted mm. there put the other side of the but it's it, I don't know it, it just feels now I've tried to stick up for it for so much more and it just sort of feels like um, even ball. though we are live our pool and we're the greatest team bar has <laughs> ever seen that's maybe song I made up I enjoyed that um, and some people's eyes and some people in the media who haven't a clue did you make that up? I made that song up yeah I thought you said that on Twitter no I made that myself <laughs> uh, really mostly good. Danny Baker and uh, what do you call that tube Trevor Sinclair I'm looking at you there folks um, with their nonsense but yeah it's I don't know something needs to be done anyway. something needs to be fixed I'd imagine I think it's just this is the last thing I'll say on it like but when you're talking about technology and it being brought in, Goaling technology came in. It was so good straight away. It tells you exactly... That's the one thing football's got right, technology-wise. Yeah. You just want it to be as good as that. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens anyway. But where do you want to go to next? Do you want to get Sunday out of the way? Uh, yeah, right, let's, go go for it. It. let's go for it. Um, right, <clears throat> Sunday. Jonathan. Mm-hmm. What was your overall uh, reaction afterwards like and still now thinking about it obviously the result didn't go your way so you can't be happy with that but there was definitely uh, they felt like a little bit of a different type of Arsenal than what we've seen recently yeah first half they played really well probably the best they've played all season but 
I think they just kind of ran out of steam and Frank made a change for Chelsea which turned the game kind of in their favour. Uh, referee didn't help either side, so let's be honest. Um, he was poor and that's the reason why he's not allowed a referee now. <clears throat> um, today's games and I think at the weekend as well. Disappointed because like, I thought maybe we deserved a point but defensive mistakes again from Mustafi. I'm not, I don't want to sit and... And Leno. And Leno, yeah, of course, but he saved us more times this season and he's probably let us down, so we'll let him off the hook for that one. Um, yeah, it was disappointing, but, you know, we, we played better and it's encouraging to see that we actually have a game plan now and we kind of see, see the monitoring vision, whilst under Emery we didn't really know what the hell we were doing. So, yeah, we just have to move on to Man United today and hopefully get a point, <laughs> at least, get something out it's of that game. one win in 12 Premier League games now. Yeah, that that'll that'll have to change, obviously. Um, just on tonight's game before we talk more in depth about what happened on Sunday. Uh, what's your sort of views on how you think that's gonna go? I don't really know because like we have a lot of bloody injuries, like especially in defence. So, um, it'll be tough. Like, cause my United are playing well and they just love the counter attack teams. And when we have players like Mustafi, unfortunately, who play in defence, they give players like Martial and Rashford chances like he gave Tommy Abraham a chance there on Sunday and he took it I thought when David Luiz was marking Tommy Abraham he marked him quite well um, but I think from, I think it was Chelsea had two shots on goal in the second half or something and like both of them scored like so yeah. um, I don't know we just we just have to take it on the chin and move on like it's it's happening like. Brenton what did you think of uh, Sunday obviously Johnny highlighted it Lampard got it quite wrong at the start of the game. <laughs> you can yeah. sort of see the panic in him and Jody Marsh's faces when they're trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. Made the switch, bringing Emerson off, bringing Jorginho on. Um, he had a big impact on the game. Yeah. Maybe with Johnny's views, might and shouldn't have played the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they went to a back four and sort of took over the game then, Chelsea. Yeah. What did you make of that from Lampard? Was it pleasing to see? It was very pleasing because like, people have been saying that he's not tactically astute really because he changed the team a lot um, the shape of the team but he has said in the past that he wants them to be like a versatile team he doesn't want them to be structured in a shape all the time and that's the way they have to play it basically the opposite of Sarri um, where he didn't ever change it um, because he was kind of just stubborn in his way and fair enough if he believes that but uh, Lampard's obviously just going for a different approach and the good thing is he saw that it wasn't working because first half an hour especially Arsenal were very very yeah, good like, very they actually could have won the game in the first half an hour I would mm-hmm. say could have scored two or three at least um, probably should have yeah should have like as that's finishing not just Chelsea but the game before has been so poor yeah um, Arsenal did miss a couple of chances Chelsea were probably lucky that it was only 1-0 um, at half time but Jorginho certainly made a difference um, the change of shape definitely made a difference it, um, certainly in the second half it uh, limited like Ozil's impact on the game and Anabamiang even got on the ball less um, and then yeah f- from what Chelsea have been lacking in recent weeks is being clinical and as Johnny says like two shots and, and they scored both of them so Lampard would be happy about that like um, the other change he made Lamptey coming on was was very good as well like he was um uh, that's his, first, his Premier League debut like, and he looked so comfortable which is another good sign um, played a great ball through for Tommy which he probably should have scored but 
Um, yeah, on, on the Jorginho thing, in the context of the game, he, he probably should have been sent off, like, because he was giving yellow cards out for four stuff like that. Um, but, like, like David Luiz should have been sent off too, I think, like, um, for that follow-through high foot. I don't know what he was doing, like, it's it's just in his character to do stuff like that, but... <laughs> he should know better than anybody yeah, else. <laughs> um, but, yeah, as Johnny says, like, he's, he's not refereeing today. They've obviously looked at those decisions and, and thought... We'll give him a bit of a break here to but recompose. Why didn't he use VAR for them? Is <clears throat> like the David Louise one, the Georgie Hume? Why didn't he use it then? Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's there for them to use, and they're not using it in the right way. I just thought that was so stupid. Like the stupid, the stupid kind of thing about that is uh, the well, that the David Louise one, the cut of views maybe because that is very dangerous play and like reckless and it probably could have been a straight red. But the Georgina one, they're not allowed to use it because it, it only is a yellow card offence. And you're not allowed to go back and use VAR for that. Yeah. Mm. Um, but when you can, when you have the access to that footage and you can see that he pulls him, um, and then you you, you go, oh, we, we've put a rule in place where we can't use this. It's it's really stupid, like because literally everyone watching it at home can see it. The VAR can see it. They could tell the referee if they wanted. Um, I tell you what happened you, with that Jorginho one. Sorry, I've been talking about you. I tell you what happened with that Jorginho one. The Arsenal players' reactions. Well, was it Guendouzi or was it Terrer? Someone it was. It was Lagaz Lagazad and Guendouzi. Well, it was Guendouzi got pulled down, but Lagazad went over and he was like, "Come on, he's pulling his yeah, shirt." Like he's right at him, games. right? And he's right at him, and he's trying. He's trying to get Jorginho the second yellow card. <laughs> um, he's not subtle enough about it. There's no point in me saying as if you shouldn't do that because everyone knows I'm a bit of a bastard and I love I love all that uh, shit house But you know he's not subtle enough about it, so he goes and he makes a big deal about it, and you can see Craig Porson going. No, nah, not sending him off now. You've annoyed me. But then, do you know what I mean? You can see his face. You can see him going, no, that's right, you're getting yellow card. No, I, I, I fully get what you mean. Um, There was time off that on Sunday as well. There was, there was like, it was both sides. Like, the yeah. referee just wasn't given either side, like, kind of the right decisions. You know, how many times, did it, how many more times did it have to happen? Like, it was probably just frustration on the yeah. Arsenal players' perspective. Like, you know, like, frig me. Like, how many more times will I get pulled, kick, whatever, like, and you're not going to give anything? And, like, like I said, I got booked for that, and... Was a Torreira got booked for something similar like a few seconds before that? It just was just so stupid. The referee was so inconsistent, and then it was just frustration in the end. And it, it played its part. Like Arsenal just gave away black as that gave away the stupid free kick actually that led to um, uh, Chelsea's equaliser. But then Leno, God, I don't know. Don't <laughs> what happened Moment there? Of madness. Moment of madness is right. Like it happens, and a lot of people have um, who are not Arsenal Chelsea fans actually Man United fans because I was actually saying. On Saturday night, but Lennon was a better keeper than De Gea after a few pints. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously they were coming back on Sunday evening. <laughs> and they were like, "What were you saying about Lennon?" I was like, "Oh my fuck's sake!" <laughs> but Joe, um, you know, there's a reason Bayern Munich want them to replace Neuer. Like, so he's obviously good. Like, you know, we I watch him. Arsenal fans watch him week in week out, and people that do watch Arsenal all the time can see. He sure, is you a good know, keeper, like. if you go back and, and look at De Gea in his first season, first couple of seasons for United, he was making mistakes like that look all at the time. Three, four weeks ago, it's yeah, it's the Watford game there the other week. Like he, he yeah. dropped one into the net or something. Yeah, like yeah, he came for a yeah. corner, sure. Who was that yeah. against? He came for the corner, um, and someone headed it in. Mustafi against Arsenal last year. He no, it was that. this year as well. I remember, uh, I remember, I remember that one it, last year. It looked like he was five. He wasn't strong enough. Who was that against recently at Old Trafford? Oh, wait, yeah, and he put it up on Twitter, didn't he? That oh, look, I was fouled. Like, yeah, nah, nah, you weren't like. Uh, who was that? Was who that was actually, that against? Was it Everton? Yes, yes, it was Everton. Yes, it was Everton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the other point I make is that Chambers going off really made a difference too. I think like, um, 
as as I actually did think David Luiz, apart from that one stupid <laughs> thing on Kante, he had a good game. Yeah. Um, but you saw when um, Johnny actually pointed out to me when when Mustafi uh, Arsenal had that corner and Chelsea broke and scored the goal, the Tammy one. Um, Mustafi makes a couple of mistakes because he, he peels off Abraham when he should have went to him yeah. and let Abraham turn into space and then he played the ball to William you know, with no challenge and then he, he uh, Mustafi also let Abraham turn in the box so he's not like that was unfortunate because obviously Chambers is, you know oh, pers- he's, personally for him like he's had a, a, a terrible time and he'd been having a good game up until he got, he got injured like, so that was unfortunate is for that Arsenal, an SEL Johnny? he's done his it's quite this morning he's done his SEL and Worse, he's done a few things with his knees. So is this like um, Oxley Chamberlain against Roma? Or his seems to be, he'll, he'll probably be out for over a year, I'd say. Oh, and it's unfortunate because he's actually been playing really well. And yeah, Arsenal have Socrates on concussion. Um, and the only available centre backs we have is David Luiz and um, Mustafi. Mustafi and Chamber, or sorry, on Chambers holding was trading yesterday. So I think it's too soon to bring holding in such a big game as well. So it'll probably be. David Louise and Mustafi tonight, so and well, due to start of the market, also though. Ah, oh, lovely, Brent. A nice little segue, I was about to say. And <laughs> um, before we talk about our moments of the decade, our moments of 2019 towards the end of the show, which I'm um, thanks for everyone sent theirs in, and hopefully, after listening to this, you'll send more into us. And um, the transfer market, the January transfer window opens today, brethren. Yeah, and um, I tell you, who won't be playing in the Premier League, Haaland. <laughs> Erling yes. Brut Haaland is away to Dortmund, <coughs> folks. When it was rumoured that he was off to um, sunny Manchester uh, only five days ago, it was almost certain the deal was done. He was Apparently he was at Carrington, everything sorted. He did sign that shirt on his Instagram. He was waiting everybody up, wasn't he? It, it looks like he might have been. Um, uh, is this another massive L for Manchester United or <coughs> what do we think has maybe happened here? I... What's the agent, isn't it? Yeah, personally, I, I actually agree with Man United's stance on it. Like, you know, basically, in my own words, fuck the agent, like, and fuck that shit. Like, Respect, I brother. Like, why would you... Didn't, I don't know the whole details of this transfer, like, but apparently now the agent kind of has the say on where he goes next or something. Like, he's in real control of Holland's next move. Mm. So... It's right under the contract, yeah. Yeah, I don't think Man United were like, nah, you've kind of screwed us about with Pogba and things like that. So... Don't want to be doing business like that with you. So I agree with them. Like agents have too much power now, but um, it is a big loss for United because they really needed someone like that. It's gonna score them about thirty goals a season. I don't know if he will. Like he's still young, but he has the potential to do it. Yeah, he lo- he looks like he's gonna score goals wherever he goes. Like he, he looks to me like a Lewandowski. Like and yeah. he is their Lewandowski replacement kind of like. Shock the Middlesbrough's biggest target man and an absolute <laughs> lethal weapon. Also loves Europe's biggest target man and lethal weapon. Absolute shock on the show today, folks. Um, no, I, I don't think it's a loss for Manchester United. It, it sort of was um, portrayed as that, and all oh, Edward words lost out again. But if you haven't do deals with Minamai Raiola and the way he's gone about things with where Pogba's been at United and what he's come out and said and different things and. I think it's quite it's alright for Manchester United to miss out in this one I don't I really Haaland's still very young and he's done very well in Salzburg but he's gone to Dortmund I think it's the next move yeah you know he goes to Dortmund here if he doesn't hit the ground if he doesn't hit the 20-30 goals in Dortmund people look back on this and go oh actually Manchester United were actually alright not to get on that yeah. and another thing if a Manchester United fan Mason Greenwood mm-hmm. yeah. like if I was at Manchester United now say if I was on the board of the club 
my first thing in January would be I don't know what deal he's on and what way it's going would be to announce something with him yeah get him get him push up. him into the front of this because he looks like he looks like a baby Van Persie he looks like an absolute killer and from the goal, he looks so calm, composed. He looks to me a little bit better than what Rashford did when he came in. And Rashford's starting to show now that he's going to have a plenty if he stays fit. A big summer for England, the Euros, and he a looks big end of the year for United. Yeah, sorry. He looks like out of out of you know Martial, Rashford, and Greenwood. He looks like the most natural finisher, definitely. Um, Rashford obviously is starting to show a bit of form now, but he's a wee bit older and stuff. But. Um, if they can develop Greenwood the way he's going and off both feet as well oh, um, I think he's lethal yeah. I think he really is even though I'm a Liverpool fan and I don't want Manchester United to gain any success yeah. I'm quite excited watching him um, do you think either of your clubs will do any business then Johnny you obviously have no centre backs no centre back um, Sorry, reserves <laughs> so do you think that's something Arteta's going to have to go and do straight away in January and likewise Brenton do you think you'll get a Jadon Sancho Mm. In the January transfer window, a lot of talk about it today. You know, now that the window is actually open, um, it's really kicked off. But I mean, I think there's there's obviously quite a few clubs who want to sign Jadon Sancho. So Liverpool were rumored to be the team at the front of it. Yeah, uh, Jan Alga Fjord, he said on the Monday Night Club on Five Live on Monday Night. Uh, sure enough, that um, <laughs> Boom roasted himself there on my own podcast. That uh, that that's who Liverpool were at the very front of the queue. And the Chelsea hadn't even come in yet. Yeah, I think Minamino coming in has really yeah. sort of dampened that down yeah. a bit because um, can't wait to see him play for Liverpool. He uh, he looks like he just looks like a Liverpool player, like Minamino. <laughs> like he just does, like um, maybe even sort of more so than Sancho, I would say. But um, Sancho is going to improve basically any team he goes into. Like let's face it, um, and also there's there's. The, the city thing as well and, and United have been interested too so it's one that could go on for the whole month but um, certainly at the start of, of this window there's um, there's a lot of talk about Chelsea not having replaced Hazard correctly yet and um, about he could be one that they could definitely bring in like the big the big one What about also I'm going to need a minute Johnny sorry a centre half at Chelsea? Uh, not being spoken about as much um, Lampard did a did a sort of special with um, Gary Lineker um, on Five Live, and um, he did ask about that, and and Lampard said that he he really didn't expect. They were talking about Tommy Abraham and how much he's sort of impressed and Mount as well, and then Lampard said himself, Tamori is the one he's most proud of. He actually said that, um, because you know they wouldn't allow David Luiz to go if if they weren't confident in him, and um, he has really impressed him. Uh, obviously working at Derby and then making the step up that he's basically forced been forced into starting him so um, Rudiger back now I don't think it's as much of a worry with with, with the three of them Zuma, Tamori and, and Rudiger haven't started there's a bit of consistency there now haven't started the last sort of three or four games together um, and obviously two good results against Spurs and Arsenal so um it's not a you know if the, if the options there they'll they'll obviously look and, and go and maybe for the summer more, um but I think the the lack of creativity is really what Lampard's been talking about more now, um and it looks like Pedro and and Williams talking about a one year deal extension but Pedro's certainly going to go, um and even Giroud and Pachuay so it's an attacking player that they're they're going to have like. Oh. What about you, Johnny? Who do you think is will go for? Well. 
just while you're saying about not replacing Hazard there, I think Chelsea look more like a team now without him. Mm. Like they all have to step up now, whereas you know before they were relying on Hazard. Like, but you mentioned uh, Giroud there. There's been talk in the last couple of days of him coming back to Arsenal, and it's horrifying me to be honest. Uh, I would have Giroud back at Arsenal, just simply because of what he done at the end of the Europa League final. But that's for another. Um, today, obviously with Callum Chambers injury, um. There's obviously been talk Arsenal are really going to step up their search for a centre back. What about Lewis Dunk? <coughs> Lewis Dunk hasn't been mentioned. It's actually been um, up at Mancano or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's been all the talk. From, uh, Leipzig. Yeah, they're going to go for him. Because um, you are you going to have celebrity celebrity um, <coughs> next year as well. Like. Yeah, but um, I think Jack said yesterday there was talk of Arsenal recalling him, but there definitely isn't. He's he's not coming back till the summer the time, reason being he's actually had a few injuries this year and he's 18 why would you want to put that sort of pressure on an 18 year old coming into the Premier League I don't think he's can either. I don't think the deal no the we, we can't like we can't bring him back anyway but I wouldn't want him to come back in the middle of all this shit I want him to come back next summer with a fresh start and work for the whole summer under um, Arteta do they not need to do <coughs> just, just just like a Van Dijk like, and just go and get like just go all out for like the best one of the best centre halves in the world like because I think that would you saw the impact it had on Liverpool like it would just massively massively improve and it, it would also you know show um, I know in the last couple of days there's been rumblings about Aubameyang again wanting to go um, and you know whether you you want him to stay or not like you know his commitment question and stuff like that if they do make a big signing like that it'll encourage the likes of him and, and Lacazette etc to stay and fully commit like yeah um the ba- the Bamiang thing there was an Arsenal fan tweeted last night about the same it's he thinks it's similar to the Coutinho and Liverpool situation where I think it's Torres but yeah well, I, I think he's well he's completely wrong for a start because like Coutinho wasn't Liverpool's main source of goals whilst Bamiang is for us so yeah. it's like we're fixing one part of the team and then weakening another part it just doesn't it doesn't balance out again um. I've said about Lewis Dunk, I think I said in the summer, he'd be a great signing and he wouldn't cost you 80 million, I don't think. And he would improve us straight away. The problem is, we have our first choice right back's been injured most of the season. Kieran Tierney and Kalasnach, both left backs, are out injured. Not back till probably March time. Ballerin? Yeah, Ballerin's the, the right back. And then we've, like, centre backs are just, you know, falling every, every single match, like we're losing a centre back. Like, so. We really do need defensive reinforcements. It's been obvious for years Arsenal need defenders, but um, nobody's actually went and bloody bought any. Hopefully I, Arteta does. I would I would look at John Egan as well from Sheffield United. I think he's absolutely superb. He's not the biggest and the most commanding, so you, you I think someone like Dunk, who's a commanding centre half or someone of that ilk, um you know, to come in. Yeah, yeah. But and uh, open what do you call him uh, from Salt or oh up in Montana up in Montana again yeah. someone like that but I also think the likes of Arsenal sh- should look at John Egan I think John Egan is superb and another one he played unbelievable at Anfield all night Connor Cody mm, yeah. Connor Cody I would have Connor Cody back at Liverpool if Liverpool signed Connor Cody in January I'd be absolutely delighted he is it brilliant it doesn't um. Uh, or sorry, it helps that he's a... He's a diehard Liverpool fan. He was at us and then he went to Wolves and, and that's who he went to next. But I think he is superb. I don't understand how teams aren't looking at him. I, I do, in a way, because of where Wolves are at the table at the minute of the table and they have money behind them now. So it's, that's, yeah. it's a wee bit disrespectful to Wolves. And he's a captain. And he is their club captain. But um, he definitely could play for a top four Champions League team. 
top six cha- a team that's going to play in the Champions League repeatedly I think he is so good and he doesn't get enough mention yeah and, um, there, there's plenty of players in those types of teams like Van Dijk came from Southampton let's remember like you know he played for, for Celtic as well yeah you know it's not like he came from a Barcelona or anything like well Liverpool Andy Robson from Hull Van Dijk from Southampton yeah. Sadio Mane from Southampton Mo Salah was at Roma after um, being at Chelsea and, and different things so there is definitely players in other teams. You don't have to go out and buy world stars and that's automatically going to add to your team. There are players out in other leagues as well that are playing teams that maybe not at the highest stature of your team that could definitely come in and add something to it. I think maybe two defensive reinforcements Arsenal would need because Tierney's injured, isn't he? Like, so we don't know how when he's going to be back and what's going on there. But it is certainly... Johnny Trump, I think, for once, teams are going to do a little bit of business in this. Yeah. I don't think Liverpool will do anymore. I think it, certainly if you look at just below that... Chelsea, Arsenal, United, maybe Tottenham, maybe not as much Tottenham. I think Tottenham, um, but th- certainly those three um, that I mentioned previously will will all do at least one or two signings. Like um, you think of the Deadwood you have really like like Giroud and Pedro you just mentioned there like you know yeah actually I don't even Giroud's still a starter for France isn't he like so yeah it's it's a strange one like he needs to just get away from England and go somewhere else he needs to re- restart his career somewhere he went to Chelsea and. He's won a well, he won the Europa League FA Cup and yeah, so like done all right for eighteen months or whatever he's been yeah, in Chelsea. Yeah. And I mean, he was he was absolutely unreal in the Europa League. Yeah, he was a top goal scorer. Like, so yeah. um, I think Chelsea have got the use that they wanted out of him and um, Marina like the the goddess like that is Marina like will will get money money's worth for Giroud somehow. Um, she'll get a return on him like so. I don't think um, Liverpool will do any more. January, but they do have quite a sizable, um, what has war chest and everything to spend in the summer. So I would imagine, knowing how shrewd Mike Letters and stuff like have been, they'll do something in the summer, something a wee bit wild. So I could imagine, especially if they're uh, someone in that's gonna be, especially if they're sort of um, a bit mad. Premier League champions as well. They'll they'll attract someone in like you would you would like to yeah, think. Yeah, would like to think so. Um. We're going to do our moments of the decade now. Yes. <coughs> Which was, um, <coughs> Johnny obviously broke the rules and did his own one. He's done two. That's all right, Johnny, you do you. Like, you do whatever you want. You know, I mean, the decade was, was a wee bit hard for yourself. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. You had a good one the, the decade before. We kind of all have good decades, all right? You had an invincible year the decade before, so just, you know. Um, Brent, you can go first then, and we'll go with your best moment of the decade. We'll do that first. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. Like, um, Munich twenty twelve is my best. Like, pr- I I saw a lot of people recently on Twitter saying that like it's the best moment in Chelsea's history. Like, um, so it's obviously going to be the best moment of the decade. It was just with the the sort of the disappointment the previous decade two thousand eight with the how close we got with United and Terry missing the penalty and stuff and and the uh, the pure fallout from that. Like, um, it made it sort of even sweeter again. And the fact that we were such underdogs against like a better team, let's face it, that, I, the whole way through the competition, we were underdogs the whole time. And then against Munich in their own backyard, we went behind. Um, Injuries, suspensions as well. Yeah, Terry not being there. Yeah. Um, the, the team we put out in the final, like Ram Bertrand playing. Um, <laughs> That's not right. part captain, obviously. Wamada. Um, Wamada, yeah. Um, it was... Yeah, as, as Neville said in comedy, I always remembered it was written in the stars. Like so, that was was 
by far the standout moment of the decade. But Chelsea did have a very good decade as well, like a lot of trophies in there. Um, two Europa Leagues, two Premier Leagues, two or three FA Cups, I think. Um, so good trophy laden decade, but that's that's standout for me, obviously. What is yours, Jonathan? You've got two. Well, from my own personal perspective, it was obviously twenty fourteen FA Cup final because we hadn't won anything in nine years, and we were two 0 down, and just to come back and win it was just brilliant. And the the media were just all over us, like because we hadn't done anything in near ten years, like so it was just kind of a relief to win something again. Kind of forgot what it was like, <laughs> forgot what it's like already, you know. It's been a while. <laughs> I had also forgotten until this year what it was. Like. <laughs> um, I'll go with. I think everyone knows what mine's gonna be. It's gonna be that uh, Origi goal in Madrid. It not not just the whole Champions League final, whatever, because we've been the year before in Kiev, which was devastating. But just the Regi goal, not not the one against the two against Barcelona, it was absolutely unbelievable. I was gonna ask you about that actually. Was like was this in a weird way was the semi final like better? The semi final was a better feeling. No, I don't know. See the fan. See when Regi when that went in, I was in Andrew's house, the bold Andrew that can be here today, and we were watching it together, and there was just a sense of just so much pressure just came off, mm. like a valve had just been not even open, just been kicked open. As yeah. soon as the ball hit the back of the net and he ran off, Trent on boots the ball up into the stadium, Robertson's on his shoulders. It just was a whole moment of we've finally done it. We've, we've broken this burden. And for this team under Jurgen Klopp, we've been in such a roller coaster under Jurgen Klopp. Just felt unbelievable. Just the whole thing was just so much release. The Barcelona game was the most emotional football match I've ever felt. Just so many wide ranges of emotions, what was going on and Every time Barcelona went over the halfway line, I was having palpitations. <laughs> Alisson had one of the games of his life. It was, just, it was an amazing game, that one. The, the final, I saw some very bitter people call that final the worst final of all time. It, uh, we don't care because like, we won it, and they're Leeds fans, so they'll never be in one. But it just Ooh. sort of felt like it's just there's so much release from it. It was just absolutely Do you know what? Amazing. My non Arsenal moment of the decade was that a Riggy goal, too. <laughs> you think you think you were relieved? <laughs> you were actually worse than me. I was, you had more nerves than me. I I was so I near had a heart attack. It was terrible. Like like it was terrible. I actually remember that terrible. I was in Kerry away for a nice weekend with my other half, and we sat and watched the Champions League final because I was like, I just need to know what's happening. I can't I can't relax and enjoy myself if I don't know Liverpool are winning. And she's a Spurs fan. She is a Spurs fan. Yeah. Uh, nice. So it was it was great. Boys, now of the decade, what was um your worst moment? Jonathan, you can go first. We've had a lot of lows, Philip. Totally. Europa League final last year was terrible. Um, but probably when we got thumped 8-2 by Man United, that was just really low. What year? That was, was that 20... 11. The year Fabregas, I think it was 2012 he left. So I think it was that year, but yeah, we... Absolutely had nobody. It was like it was the Ox's debut for Arsenal too, and it was just like any time Man United attacked, they scored. Um, just listening to United fans that whole time, and it was just a very low point for Arsenal because we lost Nasri and Fabregas that year, mm. and there was just a lot of uncertainty. But, um, yeah, probably just that. Just it was just a thumping, like you know, you're not used to getting thumped eight two by one of your biggest rivals, so. I would say just personally, just, I remember that one. That one always sticks out, and it always gets replayed every time we play Man United. Like so, what about the six 0 against Chelsea? Yeah, <laughs> um, I was, was kind of used to disappointment last year. So, what about you, Brent? Um, like personally with Chelsea, I didn't really have um 
any massive sort of lows like or worst moments um as you know like i'm not a big fan of city like so so mine was the aguero goal like um what about the fa cup final you just talked about no not really and no wasn't wasn't a huge low like (laughs) um as you say like (coughs) for arsenal it was um they hadn't won a trophy in ages um but it was just kind of i missed out on that one but like We've we've had others and and there was others after that so, um, the we weren't used to Man City winning, and it would have been nicer for me if just United won again because like you were sort of used to that at that point, um but really sort of made City a a big player, um, it's one of them moments now that will just never be forgotten in Premier League yeah. history like like the United Day two it'll always be replayed, um, and and I I. Read the other day that if um, if VAR was in play, that that goal would have been disallowed because Balotelli fouled someone in the lead up to it. Which is <laughs> we're not allowed to talk about VAR anymore. Yeah, we're not allowed to talk about, talk about that, but, um, <laughs> which is pretty funny. But um, yeah, I mean, like that sounds better. But I couldn't really think of anything else. That was actually Andrew's moment of the decade. Which is what? just stupid. Yeah. He's never put family. And he just <clears throat> hates Manchester United that much <clears throat> that it overtook everything. Like if. If oh, if another team like not winning it is better than your team winning the Champions League, that's sad. I do think he um he just <laughs> he hangs out with he, some of his his friends um or diehard Man United fans that give him an awful hard time. I think yeah, and I think that's probably part of the reason that it was just so exhilarating for him. Um, I remember being with him actually <clears throat> after that goal and. Um, there's champagne and all bust open. Um, I remember where I was when that goal was scored too. Funny enough, yeah, it's one of them moments. Yeah. I was sitting in Portadown McDonald's eating a double cheeseburger when I heard about it. And, and McDonald's, you're allowed into. <laughs> um, I, I think as well. I think Andrew's probably his moment of the decade. He's not here. He'll probably say it next week. When he's back on. Was Macaulay's goal in Leon? Mm. I'd say really down there. It was probably his most his best moment. That was pretty special. I remember watching that moment with my dad and dad being in bits. Yeah. When that goal went in. My worst moment of the decade. People are going to think I'm going to say the Gerrard slip, but it's actually not. We had just, the last decade, we just ended it by getting our football club back and getting rid of Hicks and Gillette, the previous owners, who were trying to bring us into um, liquidation and get rid of Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And it looked like, and then we got rid of Roy Hodgson, who, it didn't work at Liverpool, and had been harsh enough on him. Um, it didn't work out for Liverpool. Yeah, had been very harsh on Grand Roy's done quite well at Crystal Palace. But it looked then that we were back, you know, we've got our club back, Kenny Nuggets has come in, this is all good. And then Fernando Torres left and went to Chelsea. Mm. And when I was at Liverpool, I was at Union Liverpool for three years uh, before that, and Torres was in his pomp, and he was, like, when I look back at Union, he's one of the first things I think of, not going to class or getting a degree, because let's be honest. Not, not going to class? I didn't really. Um, it was Torres, and it was Liverpool night, it was Real Madrid beating them, it was beating, sorry, Arsenal in the quarterfinal of the Champions League. It was um, all these moments, it was the Porto goal, it was different, he was always there, he was just a beacon of uni for me like, mm. and then for that it was such a kick in the teeth yeah. such a kick in the teeth for him to turn around and I, d- I obviously didn't know Brent at the time Chelsea <coughs> then where I hated them I wanted them to be blown up what do you mean then you still don't no <laughs> P- I hate it. them like, but I don't hate them because of him Like I hate them because of their other fans like let's just get this straight. Like I was giving him well, not dogs. Like but I was giving him a wee bit of banter like before the game. Like I'm like I can't stand Chelsea, but it's just because they have. There's a lot of them. Ones are like these ones here are the only true Chelsea fans I know. The rest <laughs> yeah, of them, are, the rest yeah. of them are just 
in Scotland, like I can't stand. I him. went to school with a fella that was my native fan one summer and came back in the next summer with Chelsea Damien Duffins back. And he's adamant that didn't happen. I know it did happen, you lame bastard. What about I wonder how Andrew would have felt when Torres went to Liverpool or Chelsea? Devastated. Because like Devastated. You know, he still says that he hates Chelsea. Devastated. Can it, I, it it was like the Gerard slip was horrible and I hate it being brought up because Stevie G or whatever, but it happened and it's literally like towards it happened and whatever. But even though that happened, we didn't win the league, you, you didn't feel that we are going to be extinct. You sort of felt, oh, well, you know what, we're actually back in the money here, like we're back in business. Didn't work for Rodgers, and now we've got Jurgen Klopp. But that Torres, when that came through, because Twitter just sort of started then. Yeah, yeah. And when that came through, um, that he had gone, and he got, I was working in an O2 at the time in Banbridge, and I was working with a Manchester United fan, um, who... Just was in so much delight that who also uh, told me at the time that Roy Hodgson was too good a manager to be managing Liverpool Football Club as well. Um, shut your face. But it was it was just such a devastating moment. I think, I, think him, I didn't think it was real when it first came through. I was looking at it going, nah. There was rumours though he was going. There was so much, but then Kenny had come in and yeah, we're, but it was the last day as well. Yeah, yeah. we had renounced Suarez and we were thinking flip me Suarez and Torres up front must be class. And um, obviously, and, and then Andy Carroll was bought, which is another the unfair. Andy Carroll was a monstrosity, scored yeah. some great goals, like scored a winner against Everton in the FA Cup semi final, which he'll always be remembered for. But it just was, it was like, it was just, even thinking about it now, such a kick in the stones, it was horrible. Yeah. And then the first his first game was against us, and Daniel Agar smashed him in the mouth with an elbow. And I still love Torres, but for that moment, I was like, yeah, fuck you. But like, no, I, I kind of understand, like, but do you think maybe if Liverpool weren't Let's be honest, they're nailed on to win the league this year. If they hadn't won Champions League there. No comment. But let's just say like what do you think, Brent? Like oh, yeah, the, they're gonna exercise them demons this year, they're probably gonna win the league. If these weren't doing so well, if these hadn't won the Champions League, they didn't have Klopp or have this great football, do you think maybe you would feel different about the George slip? Because that was kind of we all thought that oh, was God, this I year. Oh why yeah. Hundred percent, definitely would. But when you say about Torres, like, you know, we've had shitload of that. Nasri went to City, United Van Persie went to United Fabregas ended up going to that lot, you know. Sure. We've had so yeah, many yeah, kicks yeah. in the stones, like you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just it's been horrific. I understand how you feel it because I loved all three of them players, mm. especially Fabregas. Like I loved him, like and Ashley Cole. Yeah. Like Ashley Cole was my idol. Like growing up, I was a defender because of him. Like, and then he went down. Um, yeah. I cried. It is horrible. Like. <laughs> I could have just said my worst moment of the decade, not Arsenal personally, but. Uh, Spurs getting to the Champions League final last year <laughs> I swear to God I, I near cried when Lucas scored that goal but you know what we'll, we'll move on we'll move on um, we'll do our person of uh, the decade who we who we like look back on this decade as an our hero or who we think deserves our um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for like I'm still annoyed at Torres same for Chelsea here uh, Brandon you can go first um, like you probably expect mine to be Lampard but it's not like um I just think I looked at this one more in general and mine is Klopplich. Um I just think when I looked back at it um, and started, you know, looking at the decade and, and from the year, obviously 2010, when um, things were happening in the Premier League, when you look at Klopp, like he, was a, he got Mainz promoted in 2010 and then obviously went to Dortmund, was so successful and... I think this decade has has just belonged to him in terms of managerial structures when you when you look at it like that. It's hard to do players because um it's not as individual a thing. Um you you know, teams obviously come into it more. Um 
but managers' achievements are um are more individual, I think. And Klopp, I think, has he's literally started at the bottom kinda and put a lot of work in, worked himself up and become like one of if not the best managers in the world. So um I just think his progression over this decade has been special, like and and certainly if he if he tops it off, I know it'll be into the next decade, but if he tops it off by winning low for the Premier League, like he's you know, he's become an absolute legend. Like. I think he already is a legend for you. Uh, he's my he's my person. But I mean a legend in, in, in yeah. all of football. Oh, yeah. He's my yeah. uh, my person of the decade as well. Just someone said it the other day, um when I was in helping out on, on Five Live. I wasn't helping Five Live, I was helping me three dollars He was saying, um I can't remember who it was, someone was saying that they're they're reminded of Bill Shankly when the C Club because we were in such a bit of a state like with Rogers was going and they're still sort of humming and hanging out what they were gonna do. Basically as a team, we were gonna compete in this or we're gonna sit around mid table, what was gonna happen? And he just came in and just grabbed the the, the club by scruff for the neck and he's dragged us into where we are now. Mm-hmm. European champions and world champions people laughed at. Um hopefully in May, English champions as well. And uh, European champions game would be nice. But he's dragged that up and it, it's not even that it's the way that he just sort of just the way he is and the way he's reacted to the club. It's the whole club, like it's not just the team. He's obviously changed the team massively. When you when you when you actually go back and look at it, like he inherited a lot of bad bad players, like a lot of dead wood at Liverpool and the progression yes, he's obviously made some big money signings, but the progression that he's had with the players he's brought in and how he's developed them and then obviously with the whole feel of the club, it just seems like it's you know, certainly in all the time I've known Liverpool it's it's the the best the club has felt like you look at it from the outside. Like. I think as well, it's a, it's a model club should look at uh, with a little bit of patience because there was a lot of clowns, just called them a hugger, um, a cheerleader. He was known for just getting his teeth done, and they are quite nice actually. Um, and all this year, and he, he couldn't do anything with this Liverpool team, and because the Did first finished, year, then he finished seventh. The first year we finished seventh, um, which is sort of on par where we were in the league. He got us two finals. And um, we we lost both, and everyone thought well, he's not he's not he's not successful enough at Liverpool. In the second year in the Champions League, and then we've had two Champions League finals, um, won one and won a couple of trophies as well on the the back that Super Cup and, and the World Club Cup. But it's like look how well we're playing now. Like let's look at this Liverpool team now. He has in my eyes, and you know that's the greatest Liverpool side. Um, they have to win a few leagues and a few trophies to really cement that. But as football terms, if one on one games. That Liverpool side is absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely and that's what he's done mm-hmm. at this club. And he's got our fan base, just like yours, Johnny, at the minute Arsenal was completely split in half mm-hmm. for a while. Completely rest come into this new decade, completely split in half. Um and he sort of brought that all together now. There are some still some Egypts as they're all all fan base, yeah. but he brought the whole collective together and all pulling in one direction. He's sort of shown that and I think clubs need to look at that a little bit. And maybe give some of their managers a bit of patience. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Arteta. Oh, yeah. Like that yeah. goes as yeah. well. Like, I know we sort of. I still don't think Solskjaer is good enough at Manchester United. I think they'll maybe still replace that. But they're giving him time and patience, so we should respect United for doing that. Like, mm-hmm. um, Lampard will get time and patience at Chelsea. Maybe clubs just need to maybe hang back a wee bit before they pull the trigger on managers when it doesn't go so well at the very start. Yeah. If, if Arteta can replicate, you know, even 50%, I suppose, of what Klopp's done, like, I'd be happy, like, you know. Like I, my person that I I'd actually initially said Messi, but listening to you two, I kind of would change my mind and say, yeah, it is Klopp. Like he has been fantastic. Um, on a personal level for me, it would be Aaron Ramsey. Like, but 
yeah, Klopp's just the thing he's done with Liverpool, like and like you're saying about people may laugh at being world champions, like see if Arsenal won the world freaking club championship, I'd be over the moon, but I would not stop celebrating for about a week. Do you think I have not looked try to get that badge and put it on this Liverpool top I have? That's <laughs> gonna happen before the season's out. Do you know what really has impressed me a lot about Klopp is he's just kinda of laughed off Pep Guardiola. Like Pep's getting so wound up and Klopp's like doing even we laugh he does, like, you know, and it's like Whatever, like I mean, my he's, team, my he's, team's gonna beat you. Like. He's not that sort of character you get drawn into. Yeah, that. he like, said that he doesn't he, want to be drawn into that. Like Mourinho would get drawn into that, and we saw that he did get drawn into it um, in La Liga, and it went against him probably in the end, like because Pep's very good at that sort of mind games in public, mm-hmm. um, and as you said, Tony Klopp has basically just laughed it off and and focused on his team and and improving them and. Um, as you always say, talking about like the mentality monsters, he's 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 the he's the first one. You always look at the manager and and he's the example, and you go off him, um, and you can see the effect it's had. Um, I think it all comes from him. They could be invincible this year, which is scary to think. Like you, I just look at this Liverpool team now, and you see them every week, and the way they're playing, even when they're not playing well, and they're still winning, and I'm like, oh shit. They're going, they're going to be our record here. Like it's, it's common because like, I can't see who's going to beat them. The only thing is if they win it early enough and yeah. they, they stop curing. If, they win it, if we win it early enough and we're still in the Champions League, yeah. I'd imagine then there'll be one or two performances that teams will catch us. Mm. I still think like, we could go out here tomorrow night and Sheffield United could beat us. Yeah. Um, they're very, that's a dangerous game. Like, I, I honestly, looking at Wilkie, I was thinking, I think we're going to get a draw here and just continue on. Do you know what I mean? Going, but um, I don't even think a defeat now. Not a lot of think. I'm not saying we're going to win. I I think a defeat now would just sort of this Liverpool team would just smack them in the face and be like, right, okay, let's go again then. Yeah, like the Leicester game is really what I was like. Oh shit! Like they are going to just destroy everybody. Cause like Leicester are playing well. Like you know, and he just went to their own backyard and destroyed them. No shots on target. Mm. Like Jamie Vardy's on fire. Like and. Mm. That's just scary. Jimmy Vardy was offside more against Liverpool than he had shots against Liverpool. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that's why I think they will. They'll do it. Like, and it's frightening. I don't want you to do it. Like, I hope you get paid like ten out of everybody for the rest of the season. Like, <laughs> I thought we were in the league. But like on our own personal perspective, I said the Brentford all night. We need to win six more games and we're safe from relegation. That'll be the forty. Starting the night. That'll be nice. That'll be nice, won't it? Um, I think I'll do this for this our first show twenty twenty. Yes. Um, quite good. Enjoyed that night. We'll be back. Um, the start of next week. Yeah. Again, to look at what's happened obviously today because there's nine games on today. I I only told Sarah this this morning. She was devastated, but <laughs> it is what it is. Like you know what I mean. We're in the end game now, daughter, and this is how we're gonna roll. Um, and then we're back next week to talk about what's happened obviously today and tonight, tomorrow night with Liverpool, and then there's the FA Cup at the weekend, or Merseyside derby, which is quite interesting, and Minamino possibly making his debut. What day is that? That's on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, Minamino on the under-15s playing at Anfield against Everton. Should be interesting. But yeah, we'll see you again during our next week, folks. If you're listening to this or if you see our stuff on social media, um, pass through uh, your moments of the decades, your best, your worst, um, your personal decade, even any funny moments you can think of, like what's going on. I thought the women's games come through this decade. It's been massive for that. I'm sure people yeah, yeah. for that through. Megan Rapinoe might uh, feature as people's person of the decade um, but yeah let us know and obviously get us on um, Patreon Brenton as well at patreon.com forward slash the sports problem we really appreciate all that stuff folks see you again next week and a happy new year Jonathan I'll see you during the week hopefully with three points yes very much so yes. Brenton yourself 
Yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you. Good luck. See you later. Good luck.